Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alerts podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodine. And I'm Isabel Robles. First, we will hear this week's headlines. Then we will hear my conversation with Lauren Conaway. She's the founder of Innovate Her KC, a group that promotes the professional advancement of women in the Kansas City area. After that, we sit down with Brandon Erbslow and Jacob Muko of QuirkWorks to talk about the Columbia app developers' plans for expansion. And then we will hear our digits, the important numbers this week in entrepreneurial news. We've been waiting for weeks. For our dedicated listeners. You know that we really enjoy spooky season. And And its finale is upon us today. (laughs) So I think this is a very important question relating to spooky season. Okay. Best Halloween candy. Ooh, well, um, I I think Butterfingers are the best chocolate because usually I'm not a big fan of chocolate. But the chocolate that I do get that I enjoy as a kid was Butterfingers. I remember, like, at the end of trick-or-treating, pouring all of my candy onto the ground and sorting it by brand and, like, eating Butterfingers while I was doing that. Butterfinger was always the first one that I went to. What What was in your uh, discard pile? Whoppers. What? Really? Yeah. Just don't get very much out of them. I also didn't love... Um, candy that wasn't chocolate. Like, I was definitely a chocolate person. So I think I was more easy to ignore those, but I didn't really discard a lot of candy. I had a family friend tell me recently that they give out bananas on (laughs) trick-or-treaters. That's that's bizarre. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It's like we had, like, a dentist in our neighborhood, so they gave out, like, toothbrushes. I was like... Should we... Let's get to the news? (laughs) Let's get to the news. All right. A state panel released a report Monday detailing how Missouri can attract Hyperloop technology. Recommendations from the group include vying for a small-scale test track and tapping the University of Missouri to conduct research about the Hyperloop. The high-speed tube-based transportation technology is still under development. It's projected to travel at speeds of up to 670 miles per hour and cost 30 to 40 million dollars per mile to build. Digital Sandbox KC recently selected three startups to receive up to $20,000 in funding through its Proof of Concept program. The companies include FilmDove, a platform that connects filmmakers and studios to the right audience, and Ronar, a tech company designed to facilitate the expansion of stem cells. Arcadia Infracom, a St. Louis-based fiber startup, has raised $1 million in seed funding. Arcadian develops and operates long-haul fiber networks. The company said it will use the money to increase its right-of-way acquisition. Arcadian is currently developing fiber routes between several cities in the western U.S. St. Louis Startup is competing for a piece of $5 million in a New York pitch competition this week. Strayos, an AI platform for mining and construction, is one of 15 companies to compete at the 43 North Business Contest in Buffalo, New York. The winning team will receive $1 million in capital, and seven runner-ups are set up to get $500,000. Additionally, teams will win incubator space and mentorship. Founded in 2016, Strayos provides 3D software for mining and construction excavation operations. And now we will hear my conversation with Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her KC. What does Innovate Her KC do? 
So Innovate Her KC serves as a business network for women in the Kansas City area. A lot of its members are entrepreneurs, and they come together to provide mentorship um, for one another and bounce business ideas off one another. They also host events, and last week they had Women's Empowerment Week, which had events all weekend. Lauren and I talked a little bit about it. All right, so my first question, Lauren, is could you tell us, for someone who has never heard of it before, what Innovate Her KC is? So Innovate Her KC is a women's leadership community. We have 1,500-plus members at this point, and we generally serve women leaders who serve in the capacity of entrepreneurship, civic leadership, community activism, education, and the arts. Uh, We offer convening opportunities, and we have a, a very strong and engaged online community, and then we are moving into offering leadership development opportunities for our members in 2020. So if a woman in business entrepreneurship is curious about membership, how would she go about gaining that status, and what kind of benefits do you receive as a member for Innovate Her, Casey? So our our current membership model is 100% free, and we will... uh, so we have a we have an active Facebook community, and you can find us if you search Innovate Her KC on Facebook. Um, the criteria for entry is you must be you must live in the Kansas City area. You must be a woman committed to enacting what we call radical positive change in your community, and then you have to accept the the rules of the group, which are pretty general. They're things like you know don't bully and um, don't spam. Uh, so, so we're a pretty, one of our foundational ethics is low barrier to entry, and we want to get as many women networked and resourced as possible. In January, when we move to a another membership model, we will always have the Facebook group be free. We will always have our monthly coffees and happy hours be free. But then we will be offering our, our paid members access to a private Slack channel access to a mentorship program that we're developing. We, we have something called the Woman Card, which is a collection of discounts on women-owned, women-led business, and then discounts on merchandise and our premium events. Um, so you talked just now about kind of how you see yourselves growing, but I'm curious, can you take me back to the beginning? Like, what's the timeline of Innovate Her KC, and how did the organization come about? So I, I love telling this story, and I'm going to tell the short version. But Innovate Her KC started totally by accident. Um, I was a member of the startup and entrepreneurial community in Kansas City, and I had been for a couple of years. And I realized that I was meeting a lot of really incredible women, but that I wasn't really connecting with them on a meaningful level. And I wanted to be friends with these women. I wanted them to be my mentors. I wanted to get to know them. And so in service of that, I put together a, uh, a, an outing, I guess that you could call it. So there were about 12 of us, and we all went and we got Manny Petties. And uh, we just talked and hung out, and there were no agendas, no name tags, no nothing. It was just 12 women connecting at a real authentic level. So that was 
really interesting because not only did the women who went, they had a really good time and, and said so, they wanted to do it again, but I had, over the course of the next week or so, I had six women reach out to me and say, hey, I don't know you, but I tracked you down because I heard about this through so-and-so, and I want to be put on the mailing list for the next one and I kind of laughed because I was like well you know there's no mailing list this isn't an official thing but sure that's something that I can do Uh, so right around the same time Carlanda McKinney who is a female startup founder here in the area um, she was and, and still is working on a startup that is going to help women get custom clothing measurements and help them figure out what brands they can buy at the time, she was starting with bras, <laughs> and so she reached out. She wanted to put together some focus groups, and she reached out to me. She said, Lauren, you know a lot of women. Would you mind helping me find women for these focus groups? And happy to help, but very lazy. I didn't send out individual emails. <laughs> Instead, I created a Facebook chat, and that was really interesting because we started talking about the focus group. And then we started talking about our bra buying experiences. And then I think some women shared a meme that we found funny. And then we started cracking jokes and telling stories. And this group chat went on for about two weeks. And no one left the chat. But not only that, women started adding other women to it. And so both of those things happened right around the same time. And I had a very kind of eureka moment where I realized that women are craving real authentic connection with each other. And so on August 25th, 2018, I created a Facebook group, and we were at first called Startup Shiro's because we were all entrepreneurial women. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of been our our genesis and then our growth pattern. Um, But I I don't see our trajectory slowing anytime soon. you know, we definitely take on multiple members every day, which is fantastic. We love it. <laughs> so last week you had a week-long event. Uh, Women's Empowerment Week was one of our first forays into leadership development programming. And so we, we had our official launch party on Monday. On Tuesday, we had a Women's Leadership Forum where leaders from across several different industries in Kansas City got to share their leadership journey as women. Wednesday, we took over one million cups. And then Thursday, we had a female founder showcase. And so these were all tech female founders. They came and they pitched, and it was an opportunity to give them some visibility within the community and to celebrate the hard work that they do. Okay, great. Can you give me some highlights of things that those founders said or like the main takeaways that came from Women's Empowerment Week? One of the unifying themes across across these women's pitches, um, and, they, and they were all very different startups, was the search for funding. Uh, so, so one of the struggles with funding in Missouri, and it's definitely getting better. There are all kinds of agencies, ECJC, Kaufman, um, Launch KC, the Kansas City Startup Foundation. There are all of these agencies who are tasked with helping to create a robust entrepreneurial ecosystem, and in particular, to 
generate funding opportunities and deal flow in Kansas City, but it's a, a work in progress and will continue to be for, you know, a while, I imagine. But all of these women talked about um, the struggles that they've had to find funding, um, and one of the conversations that came out of this event was what we can do to help them at the grassroots level. And so it's really important for us to remember that as potential consumers of these companies, these startups, that even at our level, even if we're not ready to, like, open up our pocketbook and invest, we do have the ability to amplify what they're doing, to promote, to follow on, you know, social media, um, and just make sure that they have high visibility within the community. How would you explain the goals of Innovate Her KC? How would you explain why we need to be focusing in Kansas City about uplifting women entrepreneurs and women in business? That is such a great question. I love that question. Um, <laughs> so, so one of the things that I often talk about when people ask me, why, why do you have a women's leadership and entrepreneurship community, um, is the fact that we are still dealing with a society that places a high value on male leadership. If you look at the boards and the, uh, the leadership teams of Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, Fortune 5000 companies, um, many of them are predominantly male-led. And that is changing. Um, And again, there are a lot of just really passionate, amazing people who are committed to making that work. But that being said, one of the most impactful things that a woman can experience in her leadership journey is mentorship and championship. And that becomes difficult when often uh, men tend to be hesitant to take on a female subordinate as a mentor or to champion them, uh, particularly in wake of Me Too. So when I explain the reasoning behind Innovate Her KC, the largest goal that I have is to help women who are under-resourced and under-networked create their own networks and find their own opportunities. Thank you, Isabel. Now we'll hear a conversation between Missouri Business Alert reporter Sam Manis and two longtime members of the team at Corkworks, a software development agency in Columbia. Brandon Erbschlow is the company's lead mobile engineer and a project manager, and Jacob Muko is an engineering manager. They have both seen the company grow from a small operation with part-time employees to a startup with offices in Columbia and San Francisco and about 20 employees. Sam talked to them about the progress CorkWorks has made and why they're expanding right now. He also talked about how machine learning will play into the future of business. What is the story of how CorkWorks was founded? I know it's related to game development, but uh, what was the reason for it? That's something Brian did back um, I think it was 20, 27 out of the time. Um, he wanted to own his own business, kind of be the master of your own destiny, and that's something that I relate to as well, and, and Jacob as well. It's um, when you want to work hard and learn the things you learn and be able to apply them and, 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 and own that story. And with that, there was, that was kind of the game development. He was like, oh, I like games. I want to make a product. I want to make something. Um, then it was realized at the time he had no CS experience. And so at the same time, he's like, we were noobs. We were all noobs. And 
with that, we realized we needed to get educated and learn that. And the best way to do that is like consulting or getting paid to learn. And so we've definitely, as a company, like with a lot of our contracts and the way we work is like we're learning from other businesses and how to eventually build our own. But it started as like definitely start in the beginning. And we do keep this with a lot of our decision making as we go is like we want to build something and we're going to be in charge of the product. We want to be in charge of design. We want to build something with software. And that's kind of how it started. We didn't know what to build. We didn't know how to build it. Um, but we just knew. And that's kind of the reason I joined was like we want to build something that we own. That's kind of was the founding. Was there a reason that you shifted away from game development? Because we were going to go broke. <laughs> uh, they, we, we had like an initial um, amount of funding in the company and it was kind of running out and we we're like, uh, <laughs> like this isn't going to work out. So um, I think really the, the vision for consulting wasn't just to like make money to stay alive, but it was also to um do that but be learning how to be great engineers at the same time um i think you know we we were looking at brian and looking at brandon and some of the people that were originally there um always like great engineers like the intangibles but needed to spend time working on real production code um and projects and uh, consulting was a great vehicle to like do that over and over um, we've worked on, I think between us now, we've worked on probably some 20 or 30 different, um, I guess MVP is sort of like an industry word, but um, different like startups. And when we take that and finally do our own, that's going to be invaluable. So what are some of the projects you guys have worked on? What's the future of Corkworks? That's developing and building our own product, um, either consumer facing or, or business facing. Um, we definitely look at consulting as yeah, we like doing it and meeting clients and relationships. I mean, we've definitely grown to love that over time, but at the core, we want to, we want to know how to build our own thing. Um, so every day we're working with clients who are like trying to understand their business problems and have like a real, real tap on the feet of like what's going on in the world. What are some client problems? What are business problems? What are consumer problems? And listening to that and then, and kind of jumping into our own product and we're, we're getting pretty close, um, and when you do a product and when you want to, like, make your own business, it's you either find funding or you fund it yourself. And so we started one eight years ago, ten years ago. We would have probably failed. We probably would have failed really hard and really fast because we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't even know what it means to raise money. We didn't even have money to even, like, spend of our own. And so having that grow up now and, and definitely do that, that's definitely our future. I can see that in the next, like, three years from now, like, we're going to be developing, pushing out our own product. Um, what that looks like, the categories, we definitely wouldn't get to machine learning. That's what that's what CEOs are talking about. That's what CEOs go into their rooms and are like, guys, how do we leverage this machine learning? This is like the next wave and it's happening right now. And we want to jump on that and build a technology that does that. So what, for the layman, yeah, what is machine learning? What And what can it do for businesses? So from a, from a simple sense, it, uh, you're allowed to take a bunch of data you collected or a bunch of repetitive tasks that are kind of very different and feed them into a com computer and train a model and then that model will just output whatever you kind of want there to be. And so it works really well with image detection in cars and any sort of that sense of like what's an object in a photo and things like that. I like to joke with people that machine learning is basically glorified statistics. Um, 
I think people hear it and they think like AI, it's going to take over the world or whatever. But really, you're just building like a fancy statistical model that does like one thing and you're just trying to make it really accurate or precise. Um, so like Brandon said, you collect data um, and you go through this process they call like training um, where you run the model over and over in that data and then fine tune it until it gets to like some some maximum like accuracy it can achieve. Um, and then a... uh, you're, you're doing simple things like here's an image. Is there a cat or not? Cool. Okay, so then I know that you guys are in the process of expanding your workspace currently. Yeah. So what is that? What is the reason for that? Uh, we're working on a lot of stuff, and we're out of room. <laughs> we we've because uh, we just had a lot of really cool project opportunities that came up this year, and we wanted to work on them really badly. So we we took the jump. Um, we've been stretched in a little bit, but um, we're working on hiring some people to sort of like round that off, and um, we uh, needed some extra space just to like spread out a little bit again and uh, bring some of that like <laughs> niceness back to the office. Um, it's a little cramped right now, but people are doing a good job putting up with it. And uh, it's, it's worth it when you get to work on really cool stuff together. Now it's time to share our digits. These are the numbers that matter to you in entrepreneurial news. What are your digits this week, Seth? My digit is 40. Crickets are finding their way onto the menus of at least 40 St. Louis businesses. This is thanks to Mighty Cricket, a St. Louis-based company that promotes the use of crickets and recipes for increased protein. Mighty Cricket has started a social media campaign using the hashtag Cricket Challenge. The month-long challenge encourages St. Louis eateries to incorporate the insects into recipes. Crickets have found their way into tomato and basil soup and on top of cupcake. Isabel, what are your digits? 28. A nonprofit in the Kansas City area has made 28 Halloween costumes for children with limited mobility. The nonprofit Walkin' and Rollin' creates costumes ranging from Ant-Man to the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium. Founder Lon Davis created the nonprofit after making a Wally themed costume for her son who uses a wheelchair. Walkin' and Roland has 150 volunteers nationwide who contribute to the cause. And to finish out the podcast, we will share with you some advice with this week's closing thought. That's where we ask entrepreneurs about the best piece of business advice they've received and how they've applied it to their work. Here's Lauren Conaway again. One of the most impactful pieces of advice that I received in my career um, actually happened very early on, and it was someone, um, we were talking about ways to get it, get ahead and, and succeed in, in your career, and their advice to me was offer value at every turn, so whether that means, you know, taking a job and becoming indispensable, um, through efficiency and knowledge, you know, find a way to do that. Or if you are called to serve in some capacity, you know, find where are the gaps, where are the holes in in service to the community that speaks to you, and figure out a way to fill it. And so just be very intentional about, at every point, making sure that you are adding value in what you're doing, um, and hopefully finding a little bit of passion in that. 
This has been Spooky Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Isabel Robles and me, Seth Bodine. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next week. What is your Halloween Halloween host's name? Is a bat robust? Is a bat robust? And yours? Uh, mine is, uh, are you ready? It's, uh, cue the music. <laughs> Death Boudin. <laughs> Woo! That wasn't a ghost. That was just, uh, Isabel yawning. Right.